The following email came from DS. I have read your articles on the Sabbath, but I am still a little confused. Why is it that none of the other commandments written in stone by the finger of God were fulfilled in Christ? Furthermore, under whose authority did we cease to keep the Sabbath day holy as the commandment instructs? I am searching for the truth based on Scripture, and nowhere do I read where God or Christ made this proclamation. D.S., thank you for your email concerning the Sabbath day and the biblical cut. D.S., thank you for your email concerning the Sabbath day and the biblical principle of Christ's fulfillment of the law. The following list of God said, man said subjects deal with these topics. The only passages of the Holy Scriptures personally written by the hand of God were the Ten Commandments, also known as the Decalogue. The tables of stone which the commandments were written upon have disappeared. But let it be known that God authored the entire writings of the Holy Scriptures by holy men of God who were inspired by Him to write. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15-17 through 17. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. As mentioned in the articles listed above, the law given by God was a schoolmaster bringing us unto Christ, who is the fulfillment of all things. One should also note that many of the doctrines of Mosaic law were understood long before Moses recorded them. These include laws such as thou shalt not kill, the blood sacrifice, circumcision, God's abhorrence, abhorrence excuse me, of adultery, etc. God gave the law in its entirety to Moses on the mount and instructed him to write it down. Exodus chapter 34, verse 27. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words, for after the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. D.S. asks the question, Why is it that none of the other commandments written in stone by the finger of God were fulfilled in Christ? Galatians chapter 1 and 2 deals with this subject. The answer is that all the law has been fulfilled in Christ, including the Ten Commandments. Note that the word is fulfilled and not destroyed. D.S. may or may not be surprised to know that the vast majority of Christians cannot quote the Ten Commandments, but a Christian walking in obedience before Christ will automatically obey all the law via this fulfillment. That believer will love and worship God alone. That believer will not murder, he will not steal, he will not deceive or lie, he won't commit adultery, etc. Even though he can't quote the Decalogue, he will instinctively obey the Ten Commandments because Christ is in him, 1 John chapter 3, verses 9-10. through 10. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. But when a believer rejects righteousness and reverts to sin, he falls under the judgment of the law. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, 
for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Hebrews chapters 3 and 4 deals with the fulfillment of the Sabbath specifically. D.S. continues, Furthermore, under whose authority did we cease to keep the seventh day holy as the commandment instructs? I am searching for the truth based on Scripture, and nowhere do I read where God or Christ made this proclamation. D.S., turn to Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ." D.S., the law is more than the Ten Commandments. However, they are foundational, and they are fulfilled in Christ. The following email from GM shows the type of intellectual gymnastics people are going through to justify fornication. Fornication includes any manner of illicit sex, including out-of-wedlock sexual relationships, GM writes. I had a few questions about sex. You are only supposed to have sex with your wife slash husband, right? A friend said to me that she believed that it is not scripturally wrong to have sex with a fiancé if you end up marrying him or her because that is then your wife or husband. I didn't see how a future act, uh, marriage, could determine if a past act, sex out of wedlock, is a sin or not. And she was debating me about what qualifies as marriage in God's eyes. Does a legal document from the state qualify? Does it have to be through the church? Who has to perform the ceremony? Do you even have to have a ceremony? I think you see what I'm getting at with this. What does God say? Dear Brother GM, thank you for your question. In the Old Testament, when a young wife's sexual integrity was challenged by her newlywed husband, the parents of the wife were required to bring tokens of her virginity before the elders to see and to judge. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 13 through 17. If any man take a wife and go in unto her and hate her, and give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hated her. And lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, I have found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity, and they shall spread the cloth before the elders of the city. This passage also denotes that the sexual act completes the marriage union. In Genesis chapter 24, marriage is described between Isaac and Rebekah. The civil ceremony was simply in the fact that they chose publicly to be man and wife. Genesis chapter 24, verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. 
I vaguely recall that in the legal principle of common law marriage, if a man and woman publicly confess marriage, their confession has some legal precedence. When one enters into a state-recognized marriage, many legal and spiritual changes take place that have a real relevant value before God and before men. First, the integrity of the Christian testimony is not slandered, and the self-respect of the couple and their future offspring is promoted. Legal status goes on to secure the couple's rights in a marriage union that also protects the couple and their offspring. At the end of a civil marriage ceremony, the proper paperwork is given to the bride and groom to complete and mail back to the state. The bride's last name is changed to her husband's at this point. At the end of their first sexual union, they become one flesh. The precedent was established by God in the world's very first marriage as God pronounced the couple man and wife. Genesis chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created Adam, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. They are now Mr. and Mrs. Adam. The woman becomes one with her husband. Her name, her driver's license, her address, etc. all change. They commit their financial futures to each other, as in for richer or poorer. He and she actually transfer the oversight of their very bodies to one another, as in sickness or health. The legal marriages should be performed for all the reasons mentioned and more. Also, it is the law, and we are obliged by God to obey all the laws that do not contradict His. This one surely does not. Finally, GM, the following verses need to be reviewed by all, and especially your friend whom Satan seeks to deceive. God said, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11, through 11, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God said, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16 through 20. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God said, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. God said, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. God said, Jude chapter 1, verse 7, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. GM continued to contend for the faith.